This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg, and we are your fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win while finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing we're a part of the Unpacking It podcast network, and I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It ministry studio in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are brought to you by MediShare. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today, MediShare.com slash Unpacking It, and find out if uh, it's the right fit for you and your family. Get a, get a quote, and the cool part, Members, on average, save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right, so we just finished week six in the NFL. We also had the Unpacking It golf tournament yesterday. And so I am coming off a wild weekend because I was preparing for the golf tournament while watching as much as I could, uh, maybe not quite as much as normal, I'm watching my fantasy teams have a monster week, 5-0, five fantasy teams, five wins, and I'm feeling great today, and so look forward to talking about the fantasy weekend, but I will say, seems like numbers are down, and so we'll talk about that today. Uh, scoring in the NFL seems to be down, and even in looking at the kind of the rankings from week six and, and scoring output, fascinating to see there were only right around 20 running backs, right around 20 wide receivers in double digits. So when you talk about a, a league of 12 to 14 in your fantasy league, I mean, you've got running backs and, and wide receivers that you're starting scoring less than 10 points, which is which is just interesting. So we are uh, we, we, we're trying to find guys on the waiver wire. We're trying to overcome these injuries. Bye weeks are, are really hitting us. So I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, we're trying to trying to help one another uh, throughout this fantasy season. So glad to be with you today. And we will begin with some fantasy shenanigans. And, and we'll talk about some of our, our matchups. We'll hear from Harrison in just a moment. Uh, but some of the key elements for me this week, Joe Burrow, you know, leading all quarterbacks. I've got him in a league, and, and he, was, he had a monster game uh, this week. I was thrilled to see Michael Pittman bounce back and and provide really the type of performance that we know he's capable of, but it's been what's going on with Matt Ryan. So Matt Ryan showed up, they get the win, and, and, and really threw the ball all over the field, and that whole Colts offense looked much better 
and we haven't even seen Jonathan Taylor back out there yet. Uh, so that was encouraging. And then I did something kind of crazy. So normally I avoid the Seahawks. Normally I, I, I find Noah Fant to be an overrated tight end. However, I was desperate at tight end this week. Pat Fryermuth out. Darren Waller on a bye. So I pick up Noah Fant, and he came through for me. And so I'm thankful for him. And then last night I went into Monday Night Football, and I needed Jerry Judy to struggle. I, I, he couldn't have a big game. Otherwise, I would have lost. But thankfully, the Broncos are no good. So I don't even know why. I, I didn't even need to consider being worried about Jerry Judy. Come on. So uh, so the Broncos, uh, they fall to the Chargers on Monday Night Football. And so let's say hello to Harrison Zuckerberg. Uh, Harrison, how are you? I know last week you were feeling good. Uh, this This week, maybe not as much, but you do have a haircut, so you're feeling good in that regard. Yep, feel good, look good, but... I cannot say the same about my fantasy teams. I went one and two this week. The one bright spot was the one league that I won in. I'm now six and zero oh in that league. So that league is rolling. Don't really have to make any moves. I'm set with my roster there. Feel confident. But in the other two leagues, in one, Higby, Dobbins, Mike Williams, and Jeff Wilson scored a combined 7.4 points for me. All four of those guys combined put up seven points. So that really hurt me. And then in the other league, there was a close matchup at first, but he, he kind of pulled away a little bit. I needed 40 combined points between Russell Wilson and Mike Boone last night. You know, not the easiest thing, but it was doable. Russ could have a nice game. Mike Boone could maybe catch a touchdown. No, did not happen. Russ got me excited on the few first opening drives when he was airing it out to, to Big Greg, the tight end, and the Jerry Judy on a couple plays. But he then went right back from being Mr. Unlimited to Mr. Limited, like he has been for the entire <laughs> season so far, just did nothing for the rest of the game. I obviously lost. And, you know, like you saying with Jerry Judy, I'm, I'm now done with all Denver Broncos players. I'm done with the team. We need a relegation system in the NFL like they have in Premier League because I just never want to see the Denver Broncos play again. They're horrible. I have Cortland Sutton in some leagues. I don't even want him anymore. Just, just nope. get rid of the nope. Denver Broncos from the NFL. They're the worst team ever. So you, you you stole my I'm convinced, but I am right there with you. I, I'm convinced I want to trade and release all my Broncos players. I'll give them away. Uh, now Russell Wilson, a hamstring injury. So it's always something. What was fascinating, though, is he started the game off so well, 10 of 10, and then something happened. So I don't know if it's just the, the shoulder is really bad, and then it you know as the game goes on or he gets popped, something like that, or maybe it was the hamstring. But regardless, it's always something. It's always something in Denver, and I'm not a believer at this point that they're going to turn things around, that they're going to rally. It's just not their year. This is not going to be their year. It may not be the right fit with Nathaniel Hackett, and, and I mean, they're kind of locked in with Wilson at this point, so I'm not sure they're moving on from him. But from a fantasy perspective, yeah, we got we got to move on. I did start Mike Boone and, and you know, was disappointed by that. He looks good, but then they're playing Latavius Murray, and it's confusing, and um, – you know, I'm not a big Melvin Gordon guy, so that's, you know, that I'm, I'm fine there. But, uh, but yeah, the, the Broncos are done. It's just, it's, it's disappointing, but uh, that's the reality. But on the, on the other side with Monday Night Football, the Chargers still, like, they show glimpses, and they look really good on drives, but it just doesn't seem like they can punch it in. Like, they can't get the touchdowns like we saw last year. And, and so that's frustrating to see because I, I like a lot of those players. I'm, I'm still in on the Chargers. They're four and two. So to me, there's still that team that 
by the end of the season, I think they'll figure it out. But that offensive line continues to deal with injuries. And I think that's the reason, that's the main reason why. Um, so I completely agree with the offensive line. I think, you know, something that we do in fantasy is we always want to look at all the skill positions and the weapons that someone has on their team. Oh, Russ is surrounded by weapons. Herbert surrounded by weapons. But we usually don't look at the offensive line. Denver's offensive line is horrible. And the offense has been bad because of it. The Chargers offensive line, super banged up. We look at the Buccaneers. Their offensive line is super banged up as well. All these teams that have so many skill position players, great quarterbacks, it doesn't matter if you can't block for more than two seconds on a pass play or run the ball for more than two yards because your offensive line can't do anything. All right. We always like to, early in the show, admit we're wrong. Uh, we do a little accountability. It's great in fantasy. It's great in real life as well. Uh, for me, I, I somehow have continued to convince myself that DJ Moore is worth starting in fantasy. And he's just not. So last week is my I'm convinced. I said that Mike Boone was going to have a huge game this week. He unfortunately did not. But I'm not putting it on Mike Boone's shoulders. I'm putting it on Nathaniel Hackett's completely. I'm more accountable for the fact that I actually believe Nathaniel Hackett could be a competent <laughs> play caller. Like if we look at it from mm. the surface, Mike Boone played twice the amount of snaps as Melvin Gordon. And he played 21 snaps to Latavius Murray's 27. So he was on the field. He, he was second on the team in targets behind Jerry Judy, but he only finished with one carry and one reception for three yards. Latavius Murray, by comparison, they had similar stat numbers or snap numbers, had 15 carries. This is the worst case of showing your hand or tipping a play call I've ever seen by a head coach. The Chargers knew every single time Latavius Murray came in the game, they were going to run the ball and they stacked the box and he got two yards per carry. Then when he came out of the game, they knew it, they were not going to run the ball with Mike Boone, and it was an obvious pass play. Like, what are you doing? You have to mix it up a little bit with your personnel. Like, you don't have to give Boone 10 carries, but just three or four, just so, like, they know he's a threat to actually run the ball. I mean, come on, Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> Poor guy. He's having a tough year, man. It's just, Certain coaches, yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't work that first year, and and – they all don't get that second year either. Like we expect these coaches to come in and right away, but that's the way Denver was set up. And we see the defense is really good in Denver. So I, thankfully I've got them as a fantasy defense in my one league that has a defense, which I normally I don't like defenses because they're so unreliable to, from a fantasy standpoint, but Denver's legit on defense. So they were, everything was ready for Denver. It's not working out. And of course there's major disappointment. And then we're all having to watch it on national TV every week. But uh, all right. Let's jump to the other segment we love to we love to do uh, as we sort of look back. It, it's the the shoulda, woulda, coulda, and these are some dumb lineup decisions or drafting decisions that we're kind of kicking ourselves about. And for me, I, I left Brandon Ayuk on the bench, scores twenty eight points. He's just one of those guys where it's it's boomer bust. And normally, I don't love the boomer bust guys, and I I, I don't put them in my lineup as often. Uh, but man, I missed out on some points from him. Uh, and then also, as I look back, I wish I would have drafted Austin Eckler instead of Jonathan Taylor. And because Eckler was awesome for me last year. I always say this. He, he does so much with little. He doesn't have to get a ton of carries. He just like they rotate Michelle. And when Josh Kelly's healthy, I mean, all these guys and, and Eckler still produces. He still produces. He doesn't always have to get in the end zone. So I, I just wish I would have gotten him. Uh, and then also, I can't believe I've overlooked Robert Tunyon the way that I have because 
we know that kind of the wide receiver is a little inconsistent. Uh, Robert Tunyon coming back from the injury, we just didn't know what he would do, but I, I should have picked him up a couple weeks ago. Uh, he had a big, big game uh, over the weekend, even though the rest of the Packers struggled. He was the the, the, the bright spot, but what it could have should have on, uh, on Robert Tunyon. What, what about for you, Harrison? So for me, I had Alan Lazard in my lineup the last couple of weeks and he performed well, but they were playing the Jets. Sauce Gardner has been a lockdown corner so far. You know, we've seen him shut down other top receivers. So I took him out and I started Isaiah McKenzie instead. Big mistake. Lazard had a great game. McKenzie dropped almost every single pass that came to him, including a touchdown, which was super disappointing to have to watch that. Um, so that was a dumb decision I made. And then also last week, I said that Daniel Bellinger was going to be a great streaming tight end. Pick him up from the Giants. I was I right about that. I listened to you, Harrison. You were all over it. Thank you. I got him in two leagues. <laughs> but I did not have the guts to start him this week. So instead, I started Tyler Higby, who's been solid throughout the season so far. Higby only had one reception. Bellinger, I shouldn't say went off, but he had a very solid game. So I'm, I'm feeling yes. bad that I wasn't able to actually put him in my lineup and, and reap the rewards of picking him up this week. Yeah, I, I don't blame you for, for not. I had him on my bench as well, but, uh, but excited to have him. And I, I think as a rookie, there's... Yeah, it's worth... Hey, maybe the rest of the way, he could be all right. These are the kind of guys we got to... You got to snag at... You know, early in the season. So, uh, so he, Harrison, hopefully people listened. Hopefully our listeners listened to, uh, to Harrison last week. Cause that was, that was great. Along those lines, you love a segment we call, that's what I'm talking about. And, and so these are, these are kind of players that we're, we're feeling good. We've talked about them a lot on the show that, that are starting to click. And for me, I've been on this Travis ETN bandwagon and, and it, it got off to a slow start little bit, okay, maybe the glimpse here, glimpse there. And this past week, 108 total rushing yards, uh, rushing and receiving yards combined. And he continues to outproduce James Robinson. So early in the year, James Robinson burst onto the scene. It was awesome. We were all celebrating, you know, overcoming the Achilles injury. Wow, look how good he is. But ETN is a special talent. And that's why he was drafted in the first round. And we're seeing what he's capable of. But the great news is, he still hasn't like taken off yet. He hasn't even scored his first touchdown yet. So he's producing and we're, you know, hopefully people are playing him as a flex or, or a, a running back too. But I think moving forward, man, he's going to be awesome. He's, he's going to be a potential league winner. And so I'm, I'm feeling good uh, as I, as I ride that. And then also here's something funny that I did more out of desperation, but most, I would say most fantasy owners across fantasy leagues dropped Allen Robinson. Done with Allen Robinson. I, I held on to him, and I started him this past week, and he delivered 17 points. So uh, I don't, I'm not necessarily counting on him every week, but uh, in a, a desperate wide receiver uh, uh, issue on my team, I got a lot of running backs, not enough receivers. But, uh, but anyway, so I stuck with him. Uh, and then lastly, the other thing that I continued to hammer, look out for the Bucks and Tom Brady. It's going to be a tough season. And it continues. But Fournette actually has been the, the, the bright spot. Uh, so I'll give him some love. But Brady, it's not working. That offensive line, talk about offensive line. It's weak. He's yelling. I saw some quote, you know, more F-bombs than touchdowns. So that's not good. So Brady's yelling at his guys. And, and so he's going to weddings. Robert Kraft's getting married. I mean, you, <laughs> hey, that's good. Everybody can get married when they want. But that's, that's a, it's just an interesting thing. They had celebrities at the wedding. And so there Tom Brady is. At, on a Friday instead of a, a walkthrough, 
it's just the Bucks. What are they doing? It just seems it just seems weird down there. So I continue to to avoid Bucks players. But uh, but what are you excited about, Harrison? So for me, the big start that I had this week was Deion Jackson of the Colts. You know, Jonathan Taylor was out, so I picked up Deion Jackson. He gave me 28 fantasy points, had an amazing game, which even though it's probably only going to be a one-week thing, it feels great when you start a guy that you weren't expecting a ton of that was just going to be like a plug in your lineup because someone else was injured, and then he goes off and he leads your team in scoring. So that was awesome for me to just watch Deion Jackson have a great game. And then the second thing that I'm feeling kind of good about, a couple weeks ago you made me apologize for not calling Romeo Dubs legit. Dubs. He has not been legit since he has come back. Only 20 yards in the last two games. So I'm kind of starting to feel like I was right on that one. I don't know. I don't know. No. Nine, nine <laughs> targets. Nine targets. So he's still a part of this offense. And you got to think Randall Cobb's now going to be out for a little while. Uh, maybe significantly, but they don't think he is. But we'll see. Uh, so, you know, Tunyon stepping up. They got Lazard, Dobbs. I think Dobbs is still, but he's a flex. At best, he's a flex. That's so we're, we're kind of both. Uh, they're, 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 I was probably overly excited about him. He's not quite there. And, and the Packers offense, I, I was thinking about this this morning, getting ready. I, I want to buy in that eventually things are going to click in Green Bay, but this may be one of those situations where it's just not working out this year. Something's off. Something's not work. I the talent's there, so you'd think that they finally figure it out, but I'm not I'm not overly confident. I, I, I'm just it, not. And it's another situation. These Green Bay coaches, Nathaniel Hackett's now doing it in Denver. You know, I, I don't get the non-utilization of running backs. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are your two best players, and you look at the box Say score, and A.J. Dillon had like two carries at halftime yesterday. What, what are you doing? Use your best players. I know. I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm I continue to start AJ Dillon and he continues to to not produce, but you look at him and you go, oh wow, this guy's really good. And that hasn't changed. So I, I, I stick with it. I stick with him. I'm not giving up on him, but I, I just I I gotta see Green Bay get it going. I, I just it's just it's been frustrating. I know Packers fans are beside themselves losing to the Jets. But what what's the Jets seem to be Which, for real? And the I, Giants, I, too. The Jets and the Giants in back to back weeks. Oh, that's tough. It's really tough. All right, we'll we'll uh, we'll hear more from Harrison in just a few minutes. We'll talk waiver wire and and ask him uh, if certain players are legit. But let's jump into this week's breakout topic. And here at Fantasy Football Fellowship, we we love talking fantasy and and hopefully giving some advice that helps you throughout the year. Uh, but more importantly, I'm passionate about following Jesus and and want to encourage us throughout the fantasy season to continue to seek Him and and live a life. Uh, according to his way. And so we take uh, basically topics and concepts from a, a fantasy perspective and then parallel that to our own lives and, and parallel that to our, our faith journey. And, and so oftentimes as, as fantasy managers, we, we draft players or even pick up players. We know we shouldn't, right? These are guys that were like, well, I know he's too old. I know he's in a bad system. I know he's really the third stringer. And deep down, we're like, eh, I know he's not, but I got to do it. Like for, for whatever reason, we kind of convince ourselves. We get sucked in. Maybe we heard some fantasy expert tell us, oh, you got to get that guy. But we're like, no, nah, I knew. I knew I shouldn't have done that. And and so sometimes we we talk about, oh, you know, that rookie running back on our favorite NFL team. We, we thought he was going to contribute 
right away, even though he's really, you know, he's just a backup. And so despite the risk, haven't we all made the the mistake of taking, you know, that that same player that burned us last year? And then we kind of convince ourselves that no, 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 this year, this year it's going to work. And then he burns us again. And it's like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? And and so several weeks in, we we start to realize that our, our kind of feeling initially, like we knew we shouldn't have done it, yet we did it anyway. Now we're like, okay, yep. Yep, I blew it. I blew it. The rookie running back, he's not playing. He's So now I got to move on from him. And that veteran player, that A.J. Green that you tried to convince yourself, you realize, okay, he's not going to contribute this year. And, you know, the list goes on, and, and you, you realize you made some some mistakes. And, and so sometimes we, you know, we waste these high draft picks on certain players or, you know, these, these guys that we, we justified trying to take, uh, they're not working out. They're, and, and six weeks in, it's pretty evident. And, and so, you know, now we have to decide, okay, we got to release them. We got to let go of these players. But here's what, here's what many fantasy managers are tempted to do. We don't want to admit that we were wrong. We know we're wrong, but we don't want to admit it. We don't want to show our league mates that we blew it. And so maybe during the draft, you're like, oh, this guy's going to be awesome. And so you're sticking him on your bench because you, you know, you talked about it. And so you, you, you don't want to admit that you were wrong by releasing that player. And, and so we continue to make mistakes. We compound mistakes. For me, I drafted DJ Moore and I continue to start him week after week. And he scores five points, eight points, three points. I mean, a disaster. And I'm compounding mistakes. I haven't been aggressive enough on the waiver wire to pick up a wide receiver that can actually help me. And so I'm compounding the, the mistake of drafting DJ Moore. And I should have realized early on, all right, this Panther season is a disaster. Quarterback play is not going to be here. DJ Moore is going to be uh, just irrelevant from a fantasy perspective. Uh, but unfortunately, I'm, I'm kind of compounding those mistakes. And so how does this relate to our own lives? Well, how many of us make choices in life or, or maybe even give in to temptation when we know we shouldn't, and then too often we don't stop or let go after that first mistake, and then one poor move leads to another. And so just like the fantasy guys, you know, we think about, okay, I got this guy. He's in my, he's in my starting lineup. Well, I got to keep him because he was a top draft pick, and we – we struggle week after week. We make mistakes. Instead of just releasing them or benching them, we continue to compound mistakes. And, and so this, this plays out when, you know, in life, when we convince ourselves, all right, one more drink or one more look or one more conversation or one, you know, one more bad decision. And instead of stopping the cycle, admitting that that first look was the mistake or that first decision was the mistake, that we try to justify our actions and then continue to head down a path of compromise and comp uh, of, and compounding sin. So it's this compromise and compounding sin. And so one lie leads to another lie and, and one little, you know, uh, gray area. Oh, well, it's not that bad. I'll do this. Well, then we get ourselves down that path. And then all of a sudden we start justifying the next decision. And, and so, one thing leads to another. And, and in fantasy football, when we blow it and choose a player who is hurting our team, we've got to click that drop button and move on. we got to click the bench button, so to speak, and, 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 and move on. And, and the same thing in, in life is 
we don't want to prolong our misguided choices by adding more sin. But here's what we do. We run to the cross of Christ. We receive his grace. We humbly repent. We confess the mistakes that we've made. And we ask him to guide us and, and get us back on the right path and, and show us how to you know, move on from the mistake that we made, help, you know, help me get out of this. And, and sometimes, yeah, there's consequences for, for going down that path for sure. But if we trust him to get us out of it, we know that, that we can rest in his grace, that he'll give us that clarity to, uh, to move forward. And, and so instead of, oh, I blew it, all right, and that's one mistake after another. And so in Matthew 3, 8, it says, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. And, and so by recognizing we're being tempted and, and the wrong path is in front of us, we're, we're more likely to then turn toward God before the compounding of sin begins. So we have to be aware, oh, I'm being tempted here. This is because it's that first gut feeling, right? Going back to the fantasy season. It's that gut feeling. Oh, I know I shouldn't draft this guy. We know this in life. We feel that temptation. Oh, I know I shouldn't go down this path. Uh, but it's in those moments where we say, all right, God, give me the strength to walk away. Give me the strength to go the right way um, and instead of down the path of, of compounding sin. And then in James 1, 14 through 16, this is the amplified version. Uh, this gives us insight about the steps to sin and then warns us of the dangers where it says, but each one is tempted when he is dragged away, enticed and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire, lust, passion. Then when the illicit desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. Do not be misled, my beloved brothers and sisters. And then 1 Corinthians 10, 13 gives us this encouragement. Uh, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptations to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And so it's, it's recognizing that uh, the conviction in our, in our hearts to say, no, 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 I can't, I can't go that direction. You know, it's that from a fantasy perspective, ah, no, I shouldn't draft this guy. It, it's saying, okay, God's given me a way out. I, I got to go another direction. And, and, and then trusting that he'll, he'll lead us down that, that, that right path. Uh, so the other thing too, if we have stepped down that path of sin, we, we stop, we turn, we go the other way. We, we release the sin, we receive God's grace and forgiveness, and, uh, and we, we turn toward him. And so uh, just like we got to maybe release that player this week, it may be time, maybe time. I think maybe time to bench DJ Moore, poor DJ Moore. It's been tough. Even though maybe Baker Mayfield's out of his walking boot, is he going to be better with uh, Steve Wilkes as head coach? I could convince myself, but maybe it's time to, to head down a different path. So, uh, so I hope that that's encouraging to you from a, from a faith perspective, even more than a fantasy perspective. But, uh, but let's, let, let, let's let go of anything in our lives that is causing us to compound our, our mistakes. So, uh, so there you go. That's this week's breakout topic. Uh, you can always read the breakout topics on our website, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Uh, and, and become a member today. Thank you to all of you that are already members. Uh, again, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. All right, let's bring Harrison back on for this week's Pick Him Up segment, waiver wire, and, and figuring out who to, who, to go, uh, who to go get this week and, and who to leave on waivers. And it seems like every week we talk about the New York Giants because we try to figure out, okay, the Giants keep winning, but who do we want in fantasy? So Wandale Robinson made his appearance 
uh, got in the end zone, do we go get him? Should we already have had him on our roster, I guess? I think it's time to go get Wandell Robinson as long as Kadarius Tony is not playing, which I don't think he will be because he I don't even know if he plays football. Or he's at the practice facility because he's just been out every single week. Um, but Wandell Robinson looks like the guy there in New York, even though it was his first game back only had three receptions, but he was on the field a lot. You know, Daniel Jones was looking for him. I think he's someone a lot like Saquon at the beginning of the year. We talked about how Saquon is going to have a huge year because Brian Dayball was going to put the ball in the hands of his best players. Right now, Wandell Robinson after Saquon is probably the most skilled offensive player they have on the team who's actually healthy. So I would not be surprised if he has a couple big games going forward for the Giants and gets very involved in the offense. And then another receiver who's been, you know, pretty solid the last couple of weeks is Donovan Peoples-Jones on the Cleveland Browns. He hasn't put up huge games. We put up 12 points, 9 points, and 12 points in the last three games. So he's a solid flex play right now, even though he's on waivers a lot. But Deshaun Watson's going to be back in a couple of weeks. I mean, a couple, it's more like four or five weeks. But when he comes back, even though Donovan Peoples-Jones is just a flex play right now, I think he will be a really solid wide receiver too for the remainder of the season. So he's a guy right now, pick him up while he's still a little bit under the radar and, you know, maybe keep him on your bench, play him in your flex. But then when Deshaun comes back and it's, if you're in the playoffs, you will have a legit wide receiver for the playoffs. So the, I guess the, the counter argument to that, I've seen some buzz today about David Bell, the rookie uh, for the Browns and, and some fantasy experts are, are trying to get excited about him and and I do think the strategy I don't know what to make of Cleveland because I I, I don't like to wait around I'm not a big wait around uh, when it comes to guys that have been suspended I don't have DeAndre Hopkins on my team even though now he's coming back and maybe he'll he'll be relevant for the next few weeks but I don't want to wait six weeks for him um, and same with Watson it's like ah I got to delay I, I got to win I got to win now um, now in some ways I like to load up on backup running backs. So that's the, that's the opposite of my, my strategy. But I think the idea of, okay, can Cleveland, if Deshaun Watson comes back, are they all of a sudden going to be this high powered offense? I'm not so certain that he will be able to just come in and he hasn't played in forever. I mean, when's the last time we've seen Deshaun Watson, not in a press conference in an uncomfortable conversation and in a line of questioning. So anyway, I, I, I understand your take, and I've seen some other buzz about that, but I, I'm not sure. Cleveland, and can we ever trust Cleveland anyway, period? I mean, Amari Cooper's been all right. but uh, And then I will throw this out there, too. I saw something today with the Rams' Cam Akers being on the chopping or the trading block, <laughs> chopping block in some ways. Um, where does he end up, and what will be the domino effect of that? And then... At the same time, who are the Rams going to have at running back? So who are they going to go target? Could they go try and get Kareem Hunt or even Dearness Johnson? Uh, because the running back position is a luxury for Cleveland. So I'm fascinated by all of that. So we gotta got to keep an eye out and, and maybe make some potential moves, even on the waiver wire, uh, as you hear rumors about where Akers could go and, and what the dominoes will be there. Um, and so I think you like Kyron Williams, maybe? Yeah, so I'm under the opinion that I don't think Cam Akers will ever play another snap for the Los Angeles Rams. It's kind of crazy to think because he was someone that we thought was really going to be a part of their future just a couple of years ago before getting injured. But I like Kyron Williams a lot. 
you know, Daryl Henderson is there and he's been fine as a backup, but never really anything more than that in his career. He hasn't been super great this season either. Kyron Williams is a guy they draft out of Notre Dame, rookie in the fifth round this year. And what's really special about Kyron Williams is he was probably the best pass blocking running back that we've seen in, in a while coming out of the draft and also a great receiver as well, which are two things that aren't necessarily Daryl Henderson's, you know, strong suits as a player. So I think he's Kyron Williams has been on IR at the beginning of the season, but in the off season, there was a lot of reports that he was going to be on the field. He was going to be involved. So I think now that he's coming back, it's kind of a perfect storm for him to get some early snaps on the field and passing down situations and then grow into a role where he could completely overtake Daryl Williams in the offense. So I think he is definitely worth Henderson. some, uh, or Daryl Henderson, Henderson, sorry. Um, definitely worth like a pickup this week. Don't start him, but have him on your bench. And I think in a few weeks, he could be someone that is, is a really key contributor for this Rams team. I know there's also the rumor that they might trade for, you know, Christian McCaffrey or something like that. Obviously, if that's the case, then you can't really make any moves to go get Christian McCaffrey. Um, but if Christian McCaffrey does get traded, I think another guy to pick up this week in anticipation of that is Donta Foreman. You know, he's the clear backup in Carolina, even though Carolina hasn't been great as an offense, if Christian McCaffrey gets moved within the next week, you then have the starting running back for an NFL team on your bench for necessarily pretty much nothing. He's free to pick up. I don't think a lot of people are going to be putting in waiver claims for Donta Foreman this early. And we saw, you know, even though he's been bouncing around the league a lot, last year he was really effective with the Tennessee Titans once Derrick Henry went down. He had a couple big games there. So I think he's worth a stash for this week. If McCaffrey gets traded, then great. You have a starting running back. If he doesn't get traded, then just drop Dante Foreman initially. You can cut him and let him go. So as a Panthers fan, I, I understand CMC being on the, the trading block. He's you know an older running back. He's highly paid. And the Panthers looks like now a couple more years away from, from really being something. So it does make sense. The other thing, though, if they trade CMC, who's showing up to watch the Panthers? I mean, it then it it becomes very it's already bleak then it becomes very very bleak so it would take a lot and is anybody willing to give up a lot to get him i don't know but i i think your your line of thinking is is fair to to pick up Dante. he should already be on rosters you gotta have if you gotta have i'm not mr handcuff guy for my own team but i want a handcuff for the other team you know star star running backs so make sure you have those guys on your roster for sure all right, lastly, we love asking Harrison if players are legit. I got three names for you. Kenyon Drake gets into the end zone, has a big day for Baltimore. Chase Claypool, what? Finally, I mean, unbelievable day. 23 points uh, for the Steelers, uh, just an unbelievable day. Different quarterbacks were playing. Both guys were out there, and Pickett and uh, Trubisky. And then your Bears, Dante Pettis, he pops up again, 18 points. Are any of those three guys legit for you? I do not believe that any of these th three guys are legit for me. I'll start first with, first with Chase Claypool. You know, everyone wants Chase Claypool to be, you know, the guy. I'm just not convinced there's room for him in the offense. I think he'll have a couple of good games, but isn't someone you should be starting on a, on a weekly basis in fantasy. I still like George Pickens there. I still like Deontay Johnson, Pat Frymuth. I think there's other better weapons than him. I think it was more of a situational thing with how the game was going. Same thing with Dante Pettis. I just don't want to buy into Bears receivers at all because, you know, he could have one good week and then next week the Bears could legitimately only throw seven passes in the game with Justin Fields. 
So it's not an offense that I want to buy into the receiving threats there. And then finally with Kenyon Drake, you know, he probably has the most hope to be legit out of this group if J.K. Dobbins actually goes down with an injury. But, um, you know, Gus Edwards should be coming back from injury somewhat soon and just going to be a murky backfield situation there. He really just had one huge run. So unless you think that he's going to break off a 60-yard run every single week, which is pretty unlikely for Kenyon Drake, I would not buy into him putting up great fantasy numbers for the rest of the season. No, I, I can't trust any of those three guys. I mean, I think Claypool has shown us over the years that he is talented. But to your point, there's a lot of weapons there. And I'm not – the Steelers continue to be the most confusing team. I, I can't figure them out. I felt that in the offseason. I still feel that way. It could go any direction at, in any week. I mean, that's just the way that they're kind of structured right now, uh, especially with injuries. And, and Harris did get into the end zone. And now he got something removed from his foot. So maybe he'll be better. But – Maybe not. He's still worn down from last year because they they gave him so many carries last year. So it's it's interesting. But uh, uh, all right, there you go. That's today's show. The one other thing we didn't talk about, uh, Robbie Anderson gets traded to Arizona. And I was watching the NFL Network fantasy show last night, and they're trying to convince themselves that Robbie Anderson is going to do something in Arizona. Or I, I, Please, as a Panthers fan, I couldn't. I, I, I'm surprised he was allowed to ride on the plane home. Um, that was embarrassing. It was hard to watch. Uh, he really hasn't been productive. So I don't know, I, even in Arizona, maybe as their third wide receiver, I, I can't, I, I don't want him on my team. So yeah, I, I don't see Robbie Antonio Anderson. Brown. I don't see Robbie Anderson, even though they're bringing him in, they paid nothing to get him. I don't see him having a role over guys like, you know, Zach Ertz, obviously DeAndre Hopkins uh, is coming back. Rondell Moore, I think is a much more talented player than Robbie Anderson. He's going to be there for depth. He might have a couple games where he catches a big pass because, you know, he, he does still has speed. He's still a good deep threat, but I don't think it's going to be a week-to-week consistent thing. He's not just going to step in and replace Hollywood Brown. They're completely different players, completely different talent levels. Which we didn't even mention. So I've got him on a team, bummed to lose him. The team that I had to start, Allen Robinson, I'm, I'm short on wide receivers. Also, Marquise, Marquise Brown is out. I'm in second place in that league, not feeling good about that. So that was, that was disappointing for sure. But Hopkins is back for Arizona, so that that should help them. But I, I'm not in on Arizona. It's a It's been a down year for them, no question about it. So, all right, great stuff from Harrison Zuckerberg. Appreciate you. Appreciate the insight. Thanks to everybody for listening today. This has been the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thank you so much for uh, your support. Thanks for being a member of Fantasy Football Fellowship. Thanks to everybody that's in one of our leagues. I hope you're enjoying the season. And, uh, man, I'm coming off that 5-0 and week, trying to keep the momentum going. Don't get discouraged by the bye weeks. Don't get discouraged by the injuries. Make wise decisions. Keep it going. So, I'm Bryce. I'm a fantasy manager who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved. By his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy managers who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time, right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare.